0: Welcome to the Behavioral Healthcare Executive Podcast. I'm Tom Valentino, and today we're talking about the state of telehealth in the behavioral healthcare sector. I'm joined by Amanda Hansen, president of Advanced MD. Amanda, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, Tom. I really appreciate you having me today.
0: Yeah, we appreciate you making some time for us. Why don't you tell us a little bit about um, the work that you do uh, with Advanced MD?
1: That's... I'd, I'd really be happy to. So Advanced MD, we are a medical software company. We aspire to be the heartbeat of healthcare, and we provide a comprehensive platform for physicians and providers to provide patient care when, where, and how they want. We service about 40,000 physicians and providers with about 30% of those being in the behavioral health space. And I started, personally, I started with the company back in 2006 as an intern in our finance department. And I have worked my way throughout the organization over the last 15 years, spending the last two years as president of the organization. So it's been a really great journey, 13 jobs, 15 years. And we really we really love the healthcare sector and we love to provide you know, that ecosystem for our clients. It's
0: fantastic. You really know every single facet of the organization, working your way all the way up uh, through all those different roles.
1: It has given me a unique edge for sure.
0: That's great. All right. So, you know, during the early months of the pandemic, especially, you know, how did health mental health care providers successfully reach patients and get them comfortable with telehealth based solutions when in so many cases providers themselves were trying to get these things set up and and navigate them on the fly? It was a real learning experience, I think, for a lot of organizations themselves, in addition uh, to, you know, what they're trying to provide for their patients.
1: You're absolutely right, Tom. I think the good news for mental health and behavioral health providers was that many of those were early adopters, where they had actually adopted a telehealth solution prior to the pandemic. At Advanced MD, we rolled out a telehealth solution you know, three or four years before the pandemic happened. Well, we didn't see great adoption early on. It put us in a great position to have that service, not only for behavioral health providers, but really for all physicians and providers to use. And so I think they were, mental health and behavioral health providers were really uniquely positioned and that helped them quickly and effectively adapt to the new environment where people were staying home, where they weren't able to meet in person.
0: So you mentioned that, you know, it kind of made sense for behavioral health care providers to get in on this early. Do you see them, uh, you know, this sector is kind of almost as a, a canary in the coal mine for other uh, sectors of uh, the healthcare field uh, broadly, in terms of implementing telehealth solutions? And were there lessons that other, you know, specific areas of healthcare could learn from what behavioral health was doing early on in the pandemic?
1: I think that we can always learn from the early adopters. There's always missteps that take place, and then we learn what's important and what we need to do better going forward. So, absolutely, the behavioral health healthcare providers really led the way as the pioneers and other uh, specialists and other physicians were able to look at what had taken place to make better decisions. I think that, you know, many patients prefer telehealth visits and they continue to, even as we come through the pandemic, they continue to use the virtual convenient solutions. And I think as you look, as you dig deeper, you can see that the the telehealth usage surged in the first few months. It's kind of leveled off, but advanced at advanced and we still see continual usage. You know, we did about, <clears throat> excuse me, we did about 10,000 uh, visits, a little less than 10,000 visits a month, virtual visits before the pandemic. And then post that, we do about 200,000 and that yeah. stayed pretty, that stayed pretty consistent. And I think, you know, making sure that you have a seamless solution that's fully integrated, that's connected. That's what's important to physicians and providers is making sure that they can see their patients when, how, where they want to. And I, I believe that that will continue as we move forward.
0: So as we're still seeing telehealth being used now, what, what in what ways is it evolving? What improvements are being made? What's different with these uh, solutions now versus maybe where we were 18 months ago?
1: Yeah, well, it's interesting if you go back 18 months ago, when many people didn't have a telehealth solution in place, I think some people were even using FaceTime, right, which is not necessarily HIPAA compliant, it's not necessarily the direction you want to be. So I think adopting a HIPAA compliant, seamlessly integrated solution is the first step. But I think we continue to make improvements to our telehealth solutions, and I know that other providers do as well. And it really comes down to the ease of access having a technology that works, having a seamless experience for patients and providers. I think we often think about it from a patient perspective. I know as a patient, you know, who has the option when I meet with my mental health provider, I have the option to meet in person. I have the option to meet over telehealth. I like having that option. So we often think about it from a patient experience. But I think if we shift and think about it from a provider experience, it's about having that connectivity, being able to take payments real time, being able to solicit feedback from those patients and just having that full experience. I think those are things that we're going to continue to see. And, you know, the reality is digital health dollars hit an all time high in 2021. We, we expect that people will continue to invest in this because it really is not going away. You know, similar to COVID-19 and how it's kind of this lingering thing. I think beyond that, even once we're totally out of the pandemic and people aren't thinking about COVID-19 on a regular basis, I believe people enjoy the convenience. You think about moving to another state. Maybe you have a behavioral health provider that you really enjoy, you move to another state, this gives you the option to continue meeting with them. Or if you're on vacation, or if you can't find someone in your local area that really specializes or has that expertise in, in your needs, this gives a whole new world of options and possibilities and so the technology has to be up to par in order to meet the needs of those of those providers and of those patients. And so I think the investment will continue to happen as we move forward.
0: In your conversations with the providers you're working with are they coming to you saying, "Hey, we really need this or it would be really great if you could help us in, improve in, in this certain way." What what kinds of enhancements Um, are providers asking for?
1: Yeah, I think the number one request of any provider is just reliability and consistency, right? They want their patients to be able to easily access a telehealth visit, whether it's you're going to sit in a virtual queue and wait, or whether you have an appointment that's been scheduled. And so they they want it to work, first and foremost. If it doesn't work, it's a huge issue. And so they want it to work. And then they want their patients, they want it to be easy to use technology. So it's not complicated. It should be as simple as FaceTiming somebody, which is very easy, right? You find your contact, you press the button and they want to be able to bring the payments into that and also have the opportunity to solicit reviews and have people rate their experience because that's how they grow their business is, you know, nowadays, if someone wants to meet with a new provider. Often the first thing they do is they go to Google and they search and they do, you know, they want to understand the ratings and reviews of other people. And so I think soliciting that peer feedback and, you know, kind of crowdsourcing that feedback, the providers that we work with and the physicians, they want to make sure that they're putting their best foot forward and that they are ahead of the curve in technology so that they can not only provide great care, but that they can grow their businesses as well.
0: Do payers have a, a voice in this conversation as well or, or insurers looking for, you know, certain expectations to be met?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, everyone, I think it's no hidden secret that the payer's number one goal is to find reasons not to pay. <laughs> and so absolutely, I mean, they want to make sure that things are done at the at the right level and that, you know, the procedure codes, the diagnosis codes, what's happening is what should be happening to make sure that they're real valid visits, which is, which is valid. I think ideally, and I, and I hope what we see in healthcare over the next 20, 10 to 20 years is that we have a more seamless experience in providers and physicians actually getting paid. You think about any other service that you go, you know, if I have house cleaners that, that come and help me clean my home, I'm going to pay, they do the service, they get paid real time. It is so different and antiquated in healthcare where They do the service and then there's this huge hairball they have to work through to get their billing done and to get paid for those services. And everything has to check and balance. And, you know, ideally, we could get payers to move towards real time payments where, hey, everything meets these criteria. We have the technology, we have machine learning, we have artificial intelligence where they do the service. And they see it in their bank account like that would be best case. I think, you know, one of the biggest challenges to that will be the payers and their resistance to paying. But I think that healthcare in general, we have a ways to go in terms of embracing technology and kind of catching up, if you will, to the rest of the, re- the other industries.
0: It's the first time I've heard a hairball analogy on here. You're uh, you're making history.
1: (laughs) Hey, you know what? I have a lot of hair, so I feel like I'm qualified to give a hairball analogy.
0: (laughs) I don't. (laughs) Oh, boy. All right. So in the immediate future here, as we hopefully eventually start to move past the pandemic, possibly, what role do you see telehealth playing in behavioral health care
1: Yeah, I, as I said earlier, I really believe that telehealth is here to stay. And I think the numbers that we've seen at Advanced MD absolutely support that. Where we did see a boon in the beginning, you know, we went from about 2% of our client base who had adopted telemedicine to 16% who had purchased it literally overnight in March. And just to set themselves up to be able to continue to see their patients, we saw Boone in the beginning, but we've seen level numbers every single quarter. We're doing, you know, 600,000 plus telehealth visits, and we expect that people will continue to enjoy that convenience. They'll continue to enjoy the ability to reach somebody virtually. If you think about anyone who is working in an office environment who got sent home, we've embraced overnight video conferencing certainly that's something that happened previously but i think it was much easier to just pick up a phone and call someone or in some cases a lot of business travel was taking place where people wanted to meet in person society has embraced zoom microsoft teams skype all the different ways and there's no reason that healthcare won't continue to do that for for me and my family urgent like going to an urgent care center if it's like a skin condition, we would much rather do a telehealth visit. There's no point in packing up my kids, going to the urgent care center, and doing it that way. And so, we believe at Advance and be strongly that it's here to stay. That's why we continue to invest. And we're in the you know in the early part of 2022, we're going to be launching the next version of our telehealth solution, and we're really excited for. All of the enhancements and improvements that are coming with that and providing a more seamless, more connected experience for the providers that use it. And I think in technology in general, you're going to continue to see how things are going to be connected with, you know, the Apple watch, smartwatches, other technologies that allow providers to see more real time access to information and data. And I think through that data, that is going to help healthcare evolve. And help ultimately help people be healthier, which is really the goal.
0: Yeah, it's an exciting time. If we can get every stakeholder pushing in the same direction, there's some real exciting possibilities out there uh, for healthcare in general. Absolutely. Amanda, thank you so much for taking the time. Best of luck with uh, your launch there in early 2022. And uh, thanks again.
1: Hey, really appreciate it. You have a good one.
0: All right. As a reminder, you could subscribe to the BHE podcast on Apple Podcasts and other podcast listening platforms. And all of our past episodes are also available on our website, behavioral.net. Our thanks once again to Advanced MD President Amanda Hansen for joining us today. I'm Tom Valentino, and this has been the Behavioral Healthcare Executive Podcast.